Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast Coffee with Yale. My name is Adi Softic, the Young European Ambassador for Western Balkans coming from Bosnia and Herzegovina. And I have the pleasure to have a virtual coffee today with someone that I'm sure we all know. My guest today is Bogdan Stevanovic, or better known as Bogdan. So, Bogdan, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's my pleasure today to be with you. And I hope, I'm sure we're going to have a, a nice uh, a talk today about all the topics that you might be interested to know about me. And maybe I have some questions back for you. So you never know. It will be a pleasure. For the start, <laughs> tell us something about yourself for our listeners that are maybe not so sure about your presence and the work you do. Okay, so my name is, as you said, Bogdan Stevanovic. Uh, I'm a blogger, writer, and uh, activist from Belgrade. Uh, I was born in Belgrade 32 years, years ago, but uh, today I'm living in Barcelona, in Spain. During last um, seven years, this has been my hometown. I decided to move um, in 2015 from Belgrade to Barcelona. I finished my master's degree here uh, in Barcelona and I'm my vocation would be um, travel journalist, although I'm not that that's not what I'm uh, doing in my life, but writing is deeply connected with um, with journalism. so it uh, it came through that. Like my writing was born during my master studies. Amazing. Now we know the roots of all the things we love to read on the internet. So Bogdan, you're a very, very influential person to young people in the region. And you, of course, inspire them, which is a bit hard, you might agree, today, since we have lots of content out there trying to get our attention. So tell me, please, what are your views on the youth activism in the Western Balkans, since you're an activist yourself? And can we do more and how? You know what? You cannot, you cannot be activist if you, if you don't believe in good in people. And you cannot be an activist if you're not idealist at the same time. So um, although I have detectors for what's bad in society, so I'm inspired to change that, I also have detectors, I must have detectors for what's positive in society. So that is, that's pushing me further. Uh, and definitely what I see in young people is something positive. And uh, as much as, as, as time goes by and new generations are, are coming, um, I can, I, I'm not stupid. Like, of course, I, I can see what's also um, what can be better, like education system, like um, standard in Western Balkans and all that stuff. But also I see that young people are not living anymore in the past. They, uh, they want something new, they want something different. And what makes me angry is that politicians do not have young people on their site. They, young people are not on their map, only Old people are on their map because they're a little bit easier to manipulate manipulate through media. 
So um, definitely I talk to younger generations mostly because I think I'm on the I'm on the breaking point in my life when I'm not that young anymore, but also not that old um, still. So I kind of see you, all people who are um, like my niece, she, she turned 18 a couple of days ago. So I know her generation, but I also understand the generation of my parents who are like um, 60. So maybe uh, that's why uh, I have some kind of, let's let's say i i speak language for wide audiences because young people get me and old people also older people also um get me so yes i see some positive things and important positive uh things in younger generations and i believe that um when i decide to retire there will be some great people to to come in my shoes. I hope you won't retire that soon because I must <laughs> say there are a lot of people from all generations reading the things you write and publish not only in your blogs, but also books. And that's why I really wanted to ask you this question because we live in the era of digitalization and all kinds of arts, including literature have faced this challenge, especially during COVID. So, how do you see this situation today? I mean, how do you motivate young audiences to interact, to read your books, not only buy them, and also to read your articles, blog posts, not only Instagram posts? You know what? A lot of people are talking like nobody reads anymore, and uh, especially books, and that's so dated and old. But I think it's... a uh, in human nature that we we need to read we need to uh, nurture that that part of our soul so it's like um, it's too old-fashioned to hug let's just send smiley to each other online so it's it's not going that way you know like um, people want to read people need to read people have the need the the human need to read so um, in that aspect, it's kind of easy in, when you know the language of those people, when you have, when you share the same uh, problems, when you suffer the same way, when you have the, when you have similar backgrounds. So for me, all that, um, all those things help me poke my finger in the right direction. So they want to maybe know my point of view on some on some topics so they agree or disagree but they understand me so i the only thing i i'm noticing is that maybe the form or the style of um nowadays writers has changed a little bit um because of internet and digitalization of what you said of like you know like now before people used to buy newspapers, a short form of news, and then sit and have a coffee and read. And now it's a little bit different. Like they uh, get takeaway, co or takeaway coffee from the nearby uh, coffee shop and they read 
on their phones on the way to work or on their break or but it's just they they still read so as long as you know how to uh, follow those changes, digital changes, and follow with the language, with the topics, with how you write, with how big are those articles, how the, the, the language you use, people are gonna read what you write. So um, it's like they, they, we live in the time when there's, um, there's a huge need for storytelling. And who who understands that, and who is interested in telling his or her story, um, is on a good path. So uh, I don't I don't find this this time threatening to any artist in the sense like uh, artists and writers and. Uh, painters and actors are going to disappear it just we need to adapt but not not lose the the power that has been given to us to tell the story to transmit the energy to capture the moment so you need to focus on what's your where, where's your inspiration coming from and mine is coming from storytelling from telling stories and writing so that's my job will i gonna write uh whether i'm gonna write on online or on my blog or on the paper using the pen um it doesn't matter it's like it's just the lamp is different but the light is always the same i completely agree and you've proven that you already told us some formulas that work in the era and for sure they work because your articles have been read thousands of times your books are performing just great but what's triggering me is the artist artistic expression itself i'm asking myself constantly and my peers also is or can writing and artistical expression as such be a driver for change and the bridge that will connect us all in the Western Balkans and also globally? What do you think about that? Well, if I, from, from my standing point, like far away from Western Balkans, <laughs> I'm in Western Europe, where the only um, field where I see cooperation in Western Balkans would be the art, actually. Um, and I really think that that's the only bridge which is safe and won't be on fire among um, people in Western Balkans, uh, because we all want to listen to music. We all enjoy um, art. And I think that some people who are not so active in that, um, let's say like artistic fields like they are more observant than they are actively participating like they're not making art they're consuming art but on unconscious level they they don't even know whether that actor is coming from bosnia and herzegovina or from serbia or is that music uh, from Croatia or from Macedonia, they they just, it's the only safe place. Like, I think that art is shelter for human soul, the, the, only, the safest shelter that it's on planet Earth, not only on Western Balkans, but in the world. Like, 
when you want to cry, you play music. When you want to feel the catharsis, you go to theater. When you want to go deep inside someone's life, you read a book. So um, it's kind of, you escape to meet yourself. That's so strange, you know? And I think that people um, from our countries, they really want to escape somewhere, but they cannot. So the only way how they can escape is to find something what is real, like a book or a story, even though it's fiction. It's, it's fine, it's kind of crazy, you know? Like, uh, it sounds like, yes. uh, <laughs> like it's, um, there's something contradictory in it, but I, I think that, find, that, that makes it even more interesting. So you, you said one really nice thing meeting yourself and the comparison with a shelter. We mm. faced with COVID a lot of restrictions that were imposed and young people that got affected especially, and of course the whole world. So mental health among young people became again, a very relevant topic and a topic for discussions. But do you think that your activism through blogs, books, and social media, especially in times of COVID, helped us understand a little bit better that it's okay not to be okay and that we must talk with each other? Because we, I don't know if you agree, but we lost kind of ourselves during the time of the pandemic, the first one, the first few months. So what's your opinion on that? You know what? I never, I I never did it on purpose, like to 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 trigger those topics, like mental health health among young people, because um, in a certain way, I don't think I'm I'm aware of um, how huge, how challenging is to live nowadays um, with your. Um, with the whole world that you're carrying in yourself, which is colliding with the world that is going on on the on the outside. But you know what? Uh, in that sense, I think I am that young person who has some kind of mm, mental health challenges. You know, like I wouldn't say um, problems. I would say challenges because there are some problems and, I, and on that scale, I don't see myself as having problems, but definitely having challenges. So I think that younger generation is on the point where those mental health problems are becoming so big that we cannot stay quiet anymore. Our parents talked about some other problems, some existential, uh, existential problems, but uh, our generation is here to talk about the, what's happening on the inside. Not that we, we don't, we don't want to get rich, you know? I think that millennials, we don't want to get rich because we see how much that actually costs yes. uh, and uh, what's doing to your mental health and how it's destroying your life actually because the hustle is 24 seven and we would rather have just enough that we can get for ourselves what we want, travel a little bit and sleep tidy, nicely and in a cozy bed. You know, we just want, we want to create, we want to travel, we want to meet people and we want to feel good. 
And our parents didn't think about feeling good. They were thinking about uh, providing what's necessary to wake up tomorrow. So, you know, it was like a survivor from the outside. And our struggle is survivor, survival from the inside excuse me, from the inside. So um, I think I'm I came to the point where I'm, I don't want to be quiet on those topics anymore. And who gets it, gets it, who doesn't, um, he, he's going to get it. You know, it's, it's going to happen. Like I, I'm number one, like m my um, instincts are telling me how life is going to look like in 10 years. And I'm already living in a country where human rights, mental health issues are already 10 years in advance from Serbia or from Western Balkans. So I'm like 20 years, <laughs> like fast forward in advance from some mindset and uh, that has been happening in Serbia right now. So I'm not, I'm not afraid to speak what I think, and I'm not afraid to um, um, put some light on the topics that are going to happen, you know, like maybe someone, some people doesn't find those topics relevant today, but when their children start facing those topics in like five years, they're going to find it relevant. So I'll be there. <laughs> I completely agree with what she said. Earlier, we talked about media consumption as such and our project so the young european ambassador project is working very hard to spread the message to young people about the importance of media literacy so uh, how do you, i'm interested in how do you understand this issue and furthermore what would you recommend to young people bogdan when it comes to consumption of media content both in digital and traditional media well I think the, 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 the most important uh, literacy in 21st century is the um, online literacy, like to distinguish what is real or not, what is true or not, and to know how to spot the fake news from real news. Because we live in the world where there's there's never been this much information around us, but we don't know how to sort and sift those informations to, to uh, make the real picture. Because, and now we're like, it's kind of, it, it, it's a war zone outside, you know? Like there are some people who are fighting for something that the other half of planet is completely in, in distrust that people can fight against uh, vaccines. You know, and the 50% of people are fighting against and 50% is like, uh, this is our way out. So it, it's a war zone without, with, without weapons. It's a war zone with information. And there are a few people like in every war who are getting rich uh, from those wrong information. So it's like, it's completely crazy. And I'm, I'm so happy that um, you asked me this question and through that question, you uh, explain a little bit that, that that's something what you're uh, working on and fighting for that online literacy. And uh, I also have my, my best friend, she's, uh, she's working in Belgrade as a fact checker. 
So, uh, and I know also through her that there's a lot of um, independent media in the region who are uh, actually fact-checking yes. all, all the news in, in the region. And it's like a beacon of light <laughs> in these dark times because... Yes. You cannot, you don't, people, I, on, on one hand, I do understand that people have difficulties to know what the uh, real news are and what fake news are. But I, for me, it's, it's a little bit interesting to uh, observe the fact that people do not question the source of the news. So that might be my advice, you know, like go and check where that news coming from. If you do not know, the website you're reading from, if you never heard about that person, if you Google that person and you find uh, only um, irrelevant information about his work, it's not something you should be talking about or to, to spread that news among other people or your family. So, but you know what, it's, it, um, that requires some work, some mental work, some, you know, some extra time for that person. And people go, you know, like we, we've been living in for like decade in, we want sensation, you know, we want, uh, we want gossip, we want uh, virtual enemy. So we will yes. feel better. So we need to fight with something or someone or someone's threatening us. Um, and we cannot believe that we might be living in the world of right now during pandemic of uh, charity and togetherness. Vaccines are for free, people like the humanity got together and make those vaccines the fastest yeah. possible in the fastest possible way so we can continue living our lives. So, you know what, like, it's like, question the sources like when you read the news think of who wrote that news and if you cannot find the source it's not a news it's a fake news and stop even thinking about it i completely agree it's interesting you're you're talking today a lot about mental health mental work working on yourself and i'm sure since we live in the digital era that hate speech also comes through your comments and to your work. So my next question is regarding hate speech. How do you handle it? And how, or do you even try to motivate all your followers and readers to a different path? How much do we even care about the things that we write and publish mm -hmm. online? You know what, because I'm, I'm living online since 2014, so it's almost almost a decade, and it 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 has been challenging in the beginning. But then I realized that the only thing I can take think about and care about is that I I can control myself not to be triggered with those uh, hate comments and convert myself into a hater if you if you get me like I don't want to go down in that mud and um, uh, trigger triggering them back again on me or on someone else so it's not about ignoring it's about managing your own focus uh, I know they exist uh, it 
it's happening. It's an ongoing topic, but you can always choose to educate or to fight with them. Absolutely. So I try to do some kind of education because I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not like a professor. I can be like an example of what means not to be drowned in hate comments and hate speech. So I always say, you can say what you want, but in a nice way. The moment you start being rude and you're not saying in a polite way, it's going to go in hate speech. So you can speak your mind and then be polite. And in the end, you're going to be just stupid. You're not going to be a hater. It tells a lot about you. It doesn't tell about anyone you're talking about. So in the end, it's, um, it's about you. And uh, what I can do from my point of view, it's like because I'm, I'm exposed. You know what? When you write a book, you have enough time to um, mold it until, the, until it goes out on the shelves. But when you write online, the moment you click publish, you're exposed to people who are following you or to anyone online. So uh, I needed to find a way to uh, kind of, it's kind of window. I see you, but I cannot hear you. It's like a bulletproof window. You, I can see some bullets coming on me, but nothing's, nothing's happening. So that's the way how I managed to expose myself, to be there, but actually not to be there. I don't know if you, if you get me. Get that's, you. How, that's how I'm managing my social media and my my blog and my actually me existing online Bogdan to be honest I could talk like this for hours but mm. our time is slowly oh passing and we reached actually the final question of today's podcast so I wanted to ask you have you heard about the creative euro program no no I haven't but I would love to hear more so <laughs> Creative Europe is actually a platform that is supporting artists and distribution of creative programs and arts all across Europe. And it's open for the Western Balkans as well. So it's a platform that is actually trying to motivate us to work more closely together, write more, produce more, create more art together. And the question for you is, how did you motivate people to support your creativity what was the process like the only thing i can say it's like um we're gonna survive uh through every hardship only with art and so be nice to people who are following their bliss and trying to make living of it who are not accepting the uh, reality on the outside but trying to convey their own reality from the inside because maybe there's a cure because we tried a lot from the outside we're doing everything you know we're even trying to reach other planets we are trying to uh, clone ourselves but it's not it's not working the happiness is not there you know like so artists are trying to give you something from within and uh, just um, try to understand how beautiful, how painful for them that is. And 
And if you do not have respect, maybe even for their work, um, have respect for their um, struggle and for their hard work in the sense like they, the thing you need as the, uh, the, the, the thing you see as a final result, it has been so much love, pain, work, sleepless nights, doubts, um, and um, fears in it that uh, it deserves respect. So artists maybe just ask, don't make this harder for me if you cannot um, motivate me. Just mind, mind what you're telling to artists because they are like fine souls um you can you can wink at us and we're gonna uh be frightened more than like wink at you back <laughs> you know like that that those kind of souls uh artists are so uh i'm really um encouraged with the fact that there's programs like that and i'm really wishing you all the best in um uh, making this uh, Western Balkans the better place for artists and, in, and actually uh, for living. Thank you very much, Bogdan. It was a pleasure to talk to you today and we hope to see you soon in the Western Balkans, maybe at some book promotion or yes. open talk with you. Um, it was a real pl pleasure and thank you very much for, for inviting me and definitely uh, I would love to, to meet you in person and uh, to um, spend some more time and talk about these interesting topics and count on me in any project you do and everything what you do in future, I would be um, honored to uh, support you. Thank you very much, Bogdan. See you at any other opportunity.